This is Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and the speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you very much, Matt. It is another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. I have had the opportunity, and I've mentioned this a couple times, to be featured in a book with some fantastic authors, 17 or 18 other authors, by the way. It's called Voices, Words of Wisdom, Inspiration, Courage, and Soul. If you haven't picked up a copy of the book yet, I certainly encourage you to do so. There are some hugely inspirational bits in there as you read the stories of other people. One of those people is Della Waddell. We're certainly glad she's here today. Della is a published author and a certified life coach. Now, her passion is helping others overcome life's challenges. She's a mother of two young adults and currently lives in Ontario, not too far up the street from where I live, which is kind of cool. She lives with her dogs, Bear and Bentley. We'll have to ask about Bear and Bentley later on. But in the meantime, Della, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Now, the chapter of your book, I just wanted to refer to it because the chapter is called Authentic Warrior. Is that something you identify as an authentic warrior? You know, when we had to come up, so we wrote the stories, but then when we had to come up with the title, I vacillated for a while because I was like, what on earth do I call this chapter, right? And it's funny because when I realized the content of what I wrote and how I got to that point is when I realized, well, part of it was, you know, having to find myself through this journey. And that was, you know, all of a sudden a midlife woman going, okay, I'm not the housewife. I'm not the wife. I'm not the mother. Like I still am by all says, but I needed to figure out who I was. So my authenticity was really what was at the forefront prior to dating and during dating and all the rest that needed to come to figuring out what I liked, who I was and all the rest. And then the warrior part is because I got hit with, I say, you know, the universe stick a few times Mm -hmm. and had a couple of surgeries. And prior to the surgeries and I was, you know, out of the marriage and I was, you know, hurting it. And I joke with my friends saying that the scars were internal. So nobody could see, you know, I could brush my hair and whatever, throw some lipstick on and out I'd go. And I had the best poker face going. I could smile and, you know, but inside I still had these internal scars that were really needing to be healed. And it took a time to process, but then when the universe came and said, okay, now we need to do a few little operations on you. All of a sudden, one day I got up and I looked in the mirror and I saw all these scars and they're prevalent. They're really on my stomach. You know, one was on my face and I went, okay, so now it's time for me to really look at what I need to be. And that's when the warrior to me is that the scars were inside and now they're on the outside. And so I have to be as genuine to who I am because, you know, that's my take on it. Like they're on the outside. I have to be authentic to this situation. And it's not a reflection of who you are, but certainly as people see that, it's something that we can't hide it. We can't have a big mole on our face, for example, and not acknowledge the fact that there's a big mole on our face. And you know, people are going to ask, right? Right. All the time. Yes, it's a mole. (laughs) Is it cancer? No, but that's just human nature, right? That's the way people are. And if we acknowledge it, as a matter of fact, I just recently had a colleague who found out he had cancer. He's, He's diagnosed with cancer. And unlike a lot of people 
we know he's been very vocal about it. He's also been very forthcoming about diagnosis. He's been very forthcoming about the research that he's done to find out more. He's not having a pity party and saying, oh, woe is me. And he's sharing his experiences with people quite openly. And also at the same time saying, by the way, this can happen to you. So maybe not a bad idea to firstly check your life insurance policies, but then also check and see if you haven't been to a doctor in a while, for example, maybe it's a good time to go and see one, but very open about the fact that, hey, this is who I am. And it sounds like that's a similar approach that you've taken with those scars. You know, I had to initially coming out of any marriage, there's levels of embarrassment, you know, shame, humility, whatever the situation is, whether you want to, people always want to know, everybody wants to know. And um, yeah, it definitely took some time for me to kind of understand what it was I was trying to convey. And that's where I had to learn communication because I think I had learned for years to inwardly take it and not voice myself. And so the book title is actually very fitting for me because I needed to find my voice. And by finding my voice, I found my passion. I found public speaking. I found all the things that I actually find that I now really enjoy. It's very, you know, soulful. And you've now found podcasting as a way to be getting your messaging out. Uh, You know, certainly this is one podcast you've been on for sure. And you're right about the title Voices. And it spoke to me in much the same way that it's about using your voice and making sure you're being heard regardless of what the messaging is. And I think that every single one of these authors, you know, yourself and myself included, has done a really good job at bringing that messaging out. Carol Starr, of course, helped us bring it out a lot. (laughs) She's very talented. And I hands down to that lady for, you know, the guidance and the patience that she had for myself was, Mm. I've never written. It wasn't something I didn't, you know, say it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a writer. I was like that. I never foresaw that. So to me, it was a huge undertaking. It was stressful. It was exciting. It was stressful. But she is brilliant. She really is brilliant. I like that. It was stressful. It was exciting. It was stressful. It was stressful. Still exciting, but stressful all the way around. But it's moments for sure. An amazing process. And I like how individual authors have taken this. And this is one of the things that a great platform to say this, of course, because, you know, I work with a lot of speakers and coaches and consultants. And a lot of them are saying, well, if I only had a book so I could have more speaking gigs, well, certainly this is a way to get more speaking gigs, if not on physical stages and on podcasts, but also have your voice come out in different ways because this is not a business book. This is not you and I and everyone else in here talking about what we do best. These are personal, sometimes really personal, deeply personal stories and you know circumstances and tragedies in some cases that we've overcome and worked through. So congratulations to you for what you've done and what you've contributed to the book. I want to get back to this bit about communication though, because you say it's been a learning curve for you, but it's also been a springboard because that's how you've embarked on this journey to being a life coach is through experiencing all of this. Yeah. You know, communication is something that I think we take for granted as people. I think we forget sometimes how important it is to really just genuinely ask somebody, take the time to stop and ask somebody, especially your partner, you know, the person in your life, even your kids for that matter, you know, how is your day going? But not in the aspect of, oh yeah, I'm washing the dishes. How's your day going? 
<laughs> I mean, like really, okay, I'm going to pay attention to you and tell me what's going on. And I think that I took some courses that I needed to find out about myself. Mm-hmm. And that was what they were eye opening. I have to say, like, I like where I am today. I definitely I remember people when I first started dating saying you're not ready. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not ready. But I can understand now I don't think I had the skills to understand what I needed to move into and how to deliver my deliverance, you know, maybe being Sagittarius, I don't know, I'm going to yell the Sagittarius, ah, what do you mean? But, you know, I can be blunt, can I suppose show my expressions on my face? I mean, I'll own my own stuff. And that was part of being authentic was learning yeah. to own, you know, who I am. And by far, I'm not perfect. And, you know, my ex and I probably have more communication now, all this time later than we did during a 23 year marriage, you know, and I will own that part of it. I will own part of it, not all of it, <laughs> my part of it. Phenomenal. And you've passed these tools along to your clients as you go. And one of the things you said that was very interesting here about the communication piece, you know, you alluded to it where, you know, your spouse walks in or somebody walks in and says, Hey, how was your day? And it's the, while you're doing dishes or while you're doing something else. So you're not doing probably what the most important piece of communication is, and that's listening. It's so easy for us to just speak, 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 but equally as important, if not more important is listening. Definitely listening and actually hearing them. And I think you hear a lot of people say, Oh my God, they didn't hear me. Like they people being in, you know, when their emotions are high and they're saying they're not hearing me. I think that's because people tend to take things back to themselves. I mean, I've also had to practice this where somebody says, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah happened to me. And you go, Oh yeah, it happened to me too. But it's not sort of what they're looking for. They're trying to explain the situation. And I think that that's been a learning curve, even for myself. It still is at times where it's so important to take the time to really stop what you're doing and everything else out of the brain and just pay attention because when people are speaking about something that's very, you know, whether being vulnerable or expressing something or anger or whatever, they really need to be heard. And that in itself is, you know, something that we take for granted because hi, how are you is as much as the same as I love the word love. And I use that word, like you can love a tree, you know, or, you know, love the sky, but sometimes we just are such a fast paced world that we need to kind of stop and acknowledge. I think we need to stop and acknowledge. And by the way, my guest today is Della Waddell. We're having a great discussion about a number of different things here, including her contribution in the book Voices and communication and life coaching and all kinds of things. But I think the other piece of that equation is that sometimes the language or the conversations that we engage in, it's all the superficial stuff. It's the hi, how are you today? Oh, what about that weather? Like, and when you're having weather conversations, that's what one of my partners used to refer to them as is weather conversations. That's not really, it's communication, but it's probably the most, if you think you're getting anywhere with weather conversations, you know, open a window, you know, because there's more to it. But there's no substance. Yeah. If I'm, you know, newly dating or, you know, meeting somebody and we start talking about the weather, I'm like in my head, I'm going, bah, 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 <laughs> You know, okay, we got to back up here a bit because either we're going to be friends or, you know, you have to have more substance and you have to be vulnerable. I think that's part of it too. You have to be able 
to say something in a constructive way that you're not going to hurt the person or, you know, there's a lot to communication. And I, I think all of us can be in different times in different places of our life where communication can be hard. I think it's a rule of speaking too, is certainly when you're getting on platforms, whether they be podcasts or, you know, bigger stages, when we can do that again, that you have to be vulnerable. You have to be able to open yourself up to your audience. And again, that can be an audience of one, as in one-on-one with your partner, or that can be an audience of, you know, a thousand and one people who are receiving your message is being vulnerable and, and being able to say, and not just say, but show that compassion when you say, yeah, I know where you've been because those are the shoes that I've walked into. That's huge. Bought them from a different store, maybe, but a very similar pair of shoes that I've walked in. So if you're an entrepreneur, for example, and you're struggling, I get it. I did that too. I also wanted to talk about the type of life coaching that you do because life coaching is a very broad term, but you actually talk more about midlife coaching and you work predominantly, I think, with women, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to say that men can't be part of this because <laughs> I think, you know, depending on who you are, sure, sure. everybody can relate. I, I think life coaching is, I mean, everybody can be a life coach nowadays. So when I started to, when I got my certificate as a life coach, then I kind of had to play around with well, where do I want to be in life coaching? Because I think it's too broad of a spectrum and it's important to kind of narrow down. So of course, relationships are important to me. That is by far the one thing that's important to me. And then, you know, with all the dating that I've done in my life, you know, lucky me, you know, I've met so many great people, but I had to narrow it down. And I realized that the hardest thing about this age particular for me as a woman is midlife. It was my long-term marriage, 23 years that I invested came to a screaming end, then the kids are affected. And then the kids also grew up. So it's nothing stopped. The only thing that stopped was me. And then I stopped myself. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, like, what am I doing here? And then as I kind of continued on, I realized that I'm definitely, you know, for midlife for women and, you know, in the forties, fifties, you know, your life is transitioning whether it's through divorce, whether it's separation, whether you never married. I mean, I even have a very good friend who's a widow, you know, the kids still grew up and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, you know, now I'm an empty nester too. And and that's hard. It's, I mean, we all, I think when we first have our baby, like, yeah, when you're 18 out the door, you go, but you know, when they get 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 kind of thing, as that goes on, they do feed our souls and we're parents through and through, you know? So I think that for me, that was, you know, I hung on tight to my kids because that was my identity. Although you're still feeding them when they knock on the door, even though they live five minutes away and they go, Hey mom, what's to eat? I don't have any groceries in my fridge. (laughs) That's also, you know, that's part of the whole, that's very endearing to know that they can always go home and mom's always got something in the fridge that, you know, can whip up a sandwich or have a bowl of soup or something. Honestly, I think it's communication too, because when we sit down, because we're not living together all the time, we have more probably, you know, interesting conversations because yeah it's quality time i think even the five love languages if nobody's read that book it took me three or four reads i'm going to say to really understand it but that one of them in there one of the love languages quality time for some people so i don't know if you've read the book have you read the book i have not read the book but we should put a link for that book in the show notes for anyone that is interested in reading it before i let you go i wanted to find out about bear and bentley tell me about bear 
and Bentley? Because I'm a dog lover. So tell me about Bear and Bentley. I like to say I'm an owner of two, but my daughter has three. So really five. Bear is my love. I mean, the dog is, I swear he was sent from heaven to get me through the last several years of everything. He's been, you know, standing guard and he is a rescue. He came from way, way north of Ottawa. He was rescued with a bunch of them. You know, I remember when he came into the house, I was like, oh gosh, I don't want a big dog. I already had two dogs and a cat at the time. And You know, he is big, hairy and everything else. And he's a mix of everything from husky to shepherd and maybe a little wildness in between. I love him to be a beautiful dog, but he's wild. He's my wild one. So they both sound like beautiful dogs. This has been a fantastic discussion today, Della. Before I let you go, though, I want you to give me the opportunity to just share with people for anyone who's wanting to find out more about you, or maybe they'd like to find out more about your services or how they can work with you. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? I've just started an Instagram place thing. Find me at Dear Della 22. It is under construction. It will be popping up very soon. You can also reach me at my email, which is Della.Waddell at simpatico.ca. I'm happy to speak to anybody if anybody you know wants to further podcast. I think it's definitely uh, we're all in this place together and I don't think anybody should feel alone. And we're going to put those links in the chat, by the way, for you to connect with Della. Della Waddell, before I let you go, though, any final thoughts? Thank you so much for having me today, first of all. That's amazing, and I love being here. I think the final thoughts is, and I do believe that everybody has a story to tell, and everybody should be heard. You know, And if you need help, I'm here to help and listen and... It's just what I do. Wow. That's a great way to end it. So we'll say thank you so much, Della, for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And until next time, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at CarlRichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking. Speaking.